Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is going to be episode 41, where I have decided I want to talk about Disney's Star Wars trilogy and why it is better than George Lucas's original Star Wars trilogy. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. I just finished watching Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And just to put it out there, there may be some, if you're listening to this episode, there may be some spoiler alerts in this episode. So if you're listening, you know, you need to turn it off if you haven't seen the movie. Because if you haven't seen the movie, I may talk about some things today that will spoil the movie for you. So this is your warning. Turn away. Turn away if you have not seen The Rise of Skywalker yet. So with that said, you know, after seeing The Rise of Skywalker, I have searched my feelings. I have searched them deeply. And in doing such, I have come to the conclusion, something that I kind of long expected and felt from the very beginning, that Disney's Star Wars trilogy is indeed better than George Lucas's original trilogy. I know, that's a pretty hot take and probably not a popular one. Uh, it's probably getting some of you Star Wars geeks out there all upset and your blood is boiling at the thought of it. Um, and, you know, honestly, <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable saying it because in saying it, I almost feel like this is what it must feel like to come over to the dark side of the Force. I must be deep down a Sith at heart. <laughs> But as saying it, as someone who has searched their feelings, I say it because it's true. And I say that also as someone who really enjoyed the original Star Wars trilogy by George Lucas. Um, but you know, before first getting into why I feel like uh, Disney's trilogy is officially better than George Lucas's trilogy, I want to throw some shade on the Star Wars geeks out there. You know, Star Wars geeks fanboys, if you will, have kind of always annoyed me. And they really particularly have annoyed me since The Last Jedi. Um, And they really just set me over the edge with the rise of Skywalker. Because there's something about these guys who, for whatever reason, they've just decided in their heart of hearts that they hate Disney's Star Wars trilogy. uh, And that somehow it is, you know, just totally raining on the parade of... George Lucas uh, in a very negative way, and they just can't stand it. They, th- they act like it's a disgrace to the original Star Wars trilogy, and that it just radically departed from anything um, that could have happened based off of episodes four, five, and six. And you know, such a love-hate relationship uh, that exists with these Star Wars geeks, because in spite of their hatred since The Last Jedi, they went and saw, uh, by and large, the, the Rise of Skywalker anyway, because you know, they just couldn't live with themselves if they didn't. <laughs> this ultimately kind of reminds me of the relationship that existed between Han Solo and Princess Leia in the original trilogy. You know, Leia just couldn't stand Han for the longest time and really hated his gut. She was constantly disgusted at him. But as we would learn throughout the series, throughout the trilogy, really, deep down inside, Leia loved Han Solo all along. And her hatred was ultimately just a mask and an overlay 
un, you know, hiding an underlying crush. So to all you Star Wars geeks out there who feel like they hate uh, Star Wars since the return of the, or since the, uh, the Last Jedi and really hate it since the rise of Skywalker and think, you know, the entire series is just trash and you'll just stick to the Mandalorian over on Disney Plus. Let me just say to you, you are kind of like a Princess Leia. Uh, and this series is kind of like a Han Solo. Deep down inside, if you search your feelings, you know that you have a schoolgirl's crush on the hero of the entire thing. <laughs> you kind of like it, really. Uh, and it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of strange uh, to see y'all going ahead and consuming the content, even though you, deep down inside, say you hate it. Uh, from the bottom of your soul, but you know, at the end of the day, I can't help that you're lying to yourself about what your true feelings are. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. So I don't get people who uh, get geeked all out over Star Wars anyway, and I especially don't feel this, or I don't understand, especially as somebody who in college took an intro to mythology class. Um, and in the Intro to Myth college class I took, we looked at Star Wars. And we looked at uh, how George Lucas originally planned uh, the Star Wars uh, series that he eventually made um, to be nothing more than a giant popcorn blockbuster to begin with. Uh, it was supposed to never have uh, be, be anything beyond just a cowboy and western, uh, but with space wizards <laughs> at the end of the day. But in order to sell this blockbuster, he felt he needed to do something a little special. Uh, and being impressioned by the British scholar Joseph Campbell, along with psychologist Carl Jung, he took these uh, hero monomyth type uh, Jungian archetypes um, to be something that ultimately supported his story and would ultimately give it its mass appeal because George Lucas, if you're not familiar with British scholar Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung, they kind of had this idea that all the world's major religions, for the most part, the reason you see so many similar themes like light versus darkness and, and things like that, uh, you know, throughout a lot of the major world religions is because all these stories are ultimately stories that are made up, but they are based off of these deep psychological needs and feelings that we all have as human beings. And the reason that they have so much common appeal and so many common themes is because all these world religions are ultimately born out of these complex human feelings and emotions. Um, and that's why you have these similar themes. So George Lucas thinking, well, if I wanted to make a blockbuster movie that had mass appeal, I need to tap into these primal feelings that men and women have um, and that they have from a very young age. So, so he thought he would make a modern sort of religion um, based off his sci-fi cowboy western space wizards movie. Um, and in doing such, it would have mass appeal. And George Lucas's theory at the end of the day uh, proved to be true. He did kind of invent a modern religion that has lots of mass appeal uh, to folks. And that can very much explain why Star Wars has captured the minds and hearts of young and old alike because, you know, George Lucas ultimately tapped into the primal religious nature that kind of uh, sits inside of all of us. Or as, or as C.S. Lewis talked about as being that God-sized question mark 
uh, and all of us. So if you under, want to understand why Star Wars has such massive appeal, not only in our culture, but around the world, well, there, that's how you have it. And so for all you Star Wars geeks getting geeked out over this, you know, there's some interesting stuff about that. I much enjoyed the mythology class I took in college and how we looked at all the different ways uh, and all the different themes that uh, Star Wars ultimately picked up on uh, when it came to uh, Jungian archetypes and theories proposed by Joseph Campbell. Um, but once you get outside of that, Star Wars is just, uh, you know, no fundamentally different than any summer blockbuster out there. It's no different than Mission Impossible. Uh, it is no different than James Bond or any other sort of uh, movie that is meant to have mass appeal. And I get tired of Star Wars geeks getting all geeked out about all these deep themes they feel like existing in Star Wars and all the characters and, you know, all their intricacies and stuff like that. I feel like such people are entirely overthinking Star Wars to begin with. Star Wars was designed to be marketable to five-year-olds as much as it was 70-year-olds and everybody in between. So if you're trying to read Star Wars as if it's this deep philosophical movie with all these great, uh, you know, mystical connotations and that you need to really sit there and dissect um, the movies, well, you're thinking about it all wrong. <laughs> and you would be, you know, just as ill-advised to do that as you would be to uh, dissect Mission Impossible uh, <laughs> for any sort of deep underlying philosophical themes and implications. No, if you watch Star Wars for that way, uh, as if there's some deep underlying plot uh, to the entire Star Wars franchise, whether we're talking about the originals, the prequels, or the Disney sequels, um, you're thinking about it all wrong. George Lucas never intended for it to be such. He just wanted it to be, at the end of the day, exactly what Star Wars has become, a giant blockbuster and cash grab uh, at the end of the day. So I hate to burst your bubble, Star Wars geeks, but get over yourselves already. It's not that deep. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a, probably a pretty hot take, and some of you are just, you know, geeking out and all upset over that, but... Uh, Search your feelings, you know it to be true. <laughs> so, there is no great deep theme to Star Wars. It's all very superficial stuff. And so, people getting mad over Star Wars uh, Disney Trilogy, you know, kind of picking up on the same uh, tropes and themes and patterns and storylines as was found in George Lucas's original. Well, if they departed from George Lucas's original and those themes, then Star Wars would not be Star Wars anymore than Indiana Jones would be Indiana Jones if he weren't fighting Nazis and communists uh, and having the same sort of, uh, you know, distressed heroine and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, um, like I said, get over yourselves. It's really not that complicated. It's meant to be that way on purpose because if they tried to make it any other thing other than to build off the uh, Jungian, Car Joseph Campbell type archetypes and themes uh, that were found in the original trilogy, then you would have something that is not Star Wars. Uh, you would have an entire different movie series altogether. Um, and so that's that. If you want something that's a little more philosophically deep and that has, you know, something that'll really make you think uh, underneath Go watch Star Trek. I know, I said it. You all, you Star Wars geeks, you really need to go like Star Trek because Star Trek is the geek movie that you really want, uh, not Star Wars. So I hate to burst your bubble and hurt your feelings. 
Uh, but as Ben Shapiro says, facts don't have feelings. So take it as that. So before going on to propose exactly why I think uh, the Star Wars uh, trilogy put forth by Disney is superior to George Lucas's original Star Wars trilogy, I want to poke out some fundamental flaws that the original Star Wars trilogy had. Um, and in doing so, I think you will ultimately see that what I say is the truth. First, the original Star Wars trilogy by George Lucas that we remember and love so much and that has become such a great nostalgic film, at the end of the day, it's not the trilogy itself that is great. It's the second movie of that trilogy, The Empire Strikes Back, that is ultimately great. For the second movie is essentially what carried what was basically grossly inferior first and third movies of that trilogy. The New Hope and The Return of the Jedi, as good as movies as they were, ultimately were dwarfed in comparison to The Empire Strikes Back. And when Star Wars geeks and everybody else thinks about uh, Star Wars, let's face it, they remember, Luke, I am your father. And they remember the exchange between Han and Leia when she's like, I love you. And Han's like, I know. So you've basically been blinded by the nostalgia of what is a, a superior second movie that has impacted your ability to think objectively about how inferior the first and third movies of that series were. And so when you think of the trilogy, really, you're really just thinking about The Empire Strikes Back, um, which is by far the most important movie, not only of that trilogy, but really altogether of the entire Star Wars franchise uh, to begin with. So while I believe Empire Strikes Back is probably the best movie, uh, standalone movie out of all the nine Star Wars movies that they've made um, regarding uh, the Jedi and Luke and Leia and uh, Anakin Skywalker and all that sort of stuff, uh, Empire Strikes Back reigns king. Um, but let's, let's just be real. The, the first three movies that George Lucas made, Empire Strikes Back, is what drives our opinion about the original franchise altogether. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Second point. The acting and dialogue, when you get right down to it, in the original Star Wars trilogy by George Lucas, isn't very good. <laughs> and actually, in truth, most of it is just downright awful. Uh, and most actors in the original trilogy were just pretty flat and stoic-like the entire time. In fact, I would be so bold as to say C-3PO delivered lines with more passion than most of the characters in that original trilogy. The only real actor in the original trilogy was probably Harrison Ford. Um, he's really the only one that, you know, actually did a really good acting job uh, for his kind of sarcastic, badass type figure that he was uh, in the entire original trilogy. And then I would say Carrie Fisher did a halfway decent job. Uh, in that original trilogy, or at least in the scenes where her and Harrison Ford clearly had some sexual tension going on, and those things were running kind of high, um, especially because they had some off-camera uh, <laughs> sort of stuff going on on top of it. But let's be real, Mark Hamill, he wasn't a very good actor. Uh, he did a pretty terrible job in the first movie, uh, got a little bit better as things went on, but let's just be real. Mark Hamill wasn't a very good actor in the, in the original trilogy. Uh, Mark Hamill's 
acting abilities improved over time and I think uh, peaked uh, probably in this most recent trilogy in which he kind of played this dry, jaded, cynical sort of Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, maybe a Luke Skywalker that he ultimately disagreed with, but uh, I think he did a much better job, at least acting-wise, uh, in this trilogy than he did the original. And I would even say, be so bold as to maybe cast some shade here on James Earl Jones uh, in the original trilogy. I know, that may sound blasphemous, and you may just be losing your mind at the thought, but uh, while James Earl Jones, don't get me wrong, has a fantastic fantastic voice, that booming voice that we all know and love and believe to sound just absolutely amazing because it is. At the end of the day, his line delivery, for the most part, for most of the movie, not all of it, but most of the movie, it's pretty stiff and weak. And, you know, I think maybe he can't help that because he wasn't actually on stage performing uh, or on set performing those lines with those. You know, they had some other guy under the Darth Vader suit at the end of the day, it wasn't James Earl Jones under there. You know, James Earl Jones just did the, the voiceover. Um, so, you know, he kind of had a detached thing uh, when it came to that. So I'm not going to throw too much shade on there. Um, but uh, altogether, you know, the, 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 the characters in the original Star Wars trilogy were very stoic and wooden. And they didn't deliver their lines with very much passion or reality reflecting the context in which the the scenes they were uh filming ultimately reflected uh except of course for i would say harrison ford c3po and hey let's just talk it out there that our uh favorite wookie did a pretty good job <laughs> you know there was more chemistry with those three than pretty much anybody else in the movie hard to believe perhaps but uh again Search your feelings you know it to be true and, you know, this also picked up again in the, the prequels. And, you know, at the end of the day, I blame George Lucas for it all. You know, maybe George Lucas isn't the great director that we remember him as being. Because, frankly, a lot of his characters were pretty flat at the end of the day. But, uh, I digress. Third point about why the original trilogy was pretty weak sauce. If you look at it, and I have some notes in my show notes at jimmystable.com for episode 41 i have a link to the fight scene between obi-wan and darth vader that we see in the original movie of the new hope uh i also have a video capture of it from youtube so if you want to check it out there but uh look at the fight scenes in the original trilogy and think objectively about them especially the fight scene in the first one about between ben kenobi and darth vader at the end of the day they're really poorly choreographed. Now, granted, there were severe technological limitations and budgetary concerns that George Lucas had in the 70s and 80s um, that compared to today where, he, you know, the new directors of the new franchise pretty much had all the CGI they wanted and unlimited funding. But, you know, if you watch the original films and all three trilogies, or all three films in the original trilogy, you can't really blame the bad sword fighting on the technology. They tried some stuff, but I never got the impression watching the original trilogy, even when Darth Vader was trying to hack off Luke Skywalker's arm, that uh, they were really trying to fight and hurt each other. <laughs> the the uh, action between them was pretty weak, and you know George Lucas seemed to rely more on the fact that 
he had these glowing swords that the guys were trying to whack each other with. Um, but still, the choreograph, even apart from that, you know, saw better choreographed fight scenes of the Princess Bride <laughs> uh, with uh, Indigo Mentoya um, <laughs> than uh, the Star Wars trilogy and the original one. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. So the, 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 the fight scenes in the new trilogy, the Disney trilogy, not even talking about the CGI, so let's not even talk about the graphics and stuff available, but just even the fight scenes themselves in the new trilogy are far superior to the fight scenes in the original trilogy. I believe when Rey and Kylo Ren are fighting, that they really want to hurt each other, and that they're really trying to fight to the death and fight to win, and they have some incredible action sequences you know, apart from the technology, just in the way they moved uh, and choreographed their fight um, and shot the fight that was far superior to anything that we see in the original trilogy. There, I've said it. Those are the three main problems I have with the original trilogy and why I believe as good of movies as they are, um, are ultimately fundamentally flawed. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Now, here are the three reasons why I believe that Disney's Star Wars trilogy was better. First, all three movies in Disney's Star Wars trilogy are about equal in weight to one another. And even though I personally believe The Rise of the Skywalker was probably the best of the three films, just my personal take, I won't fight too much on that. Maybe you thought Last Jedi was the most... Uh, with greatest night, I think Last Jedi was pretty good. At the end of the day, there isn't any particular film in Disney's trilogy that the entire film lives or dies on. That's not the case for George Lucas's trilogy. The original trilogy by George Lucas lives or dies based off The Empire Strikes Back. If The Empire Strikes Back does not happen, the original trilogy falls apart. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. And that's not to say that each Disney version of Star Wars was a perfect film or any sort of thing like that. There are definitely flaws to the Disney's trilogy. I still personally don't care for the entire Princess Leia floating through space scene in The Last Jedi. But I do love <laughs> Luke Skywalker's fight with Kylo Ren. Now he just, you know, dusted his shoulder off during the fight and disappeared and sacrificed himself in that way. I thought that was amazing. I know that's going to make your heads explode, but uh, anyway. But each overall, each film in the franchise is strong uh, standalone movies in their own right. And that's just objectively true. <laughs> and I don't really care what you say about that, you know. The, the films are just good movies, each and of themselves. They're highly engaging, uh, and, and you know, they, they bring you in as great blockbuster summer-type popcorn movies that they are. Second, the acting in Disney's Star Wars trilogy is frankly far superior to George Lucas's trilogy. Apart from Han Solo in the original series, I don't believe that any of the characters that we saw in George Lucas's trilogy had much in the way of feelings. Um, Luke Skywalker, in spite of being implied, you know, exhorted, uh, to regularly search his feelings, he came off so stiff and wooden most of the time that I don't really believe Luke had much in the way of feelings to search to begin with. 
Neither did Darth Vader or pretty much any other character in George Lucas's trilogy. Rey, Kylo Ren, Fenn, and all the others in, in Disney's trilogy, they delivered amazing performances that showed a complex range of visible emotions. Rey, and especially in the, the final scene of The Rise of the Skywalker where she declares her identity as a Skywalker, man, if that didn't move you to tears, I don't even know if you're human. Um, maybe you should go on Star Trek and, you know, identify with, uh, Leonard Nimoy, a bet. <laughs> um, cause that final scene in the rise of Skywalker, that was cinematic gold right there, folks. That, that was as good as it's going to get when it comes to a Star Wars blockbuster type film. The only emotions that we really saw in the first trilogy was that of Luke Skywalker kind of being a whiny kid. You know, he was a whiny kid even when his dad was sitting there hacking off his arm uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. So, Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Third point, the fight scenes in Dar Star Wars trilogy, they're far superior on every level. And I'm not even talking about the CGI. Yes, the CGI and the graphics uh, that make Star Wars today um, just far superior to original you can't blame George Lucas for that uh, from the 70s. He didn't have the budget and he didn't have the technology that's available to us today. So I'm not even talking about that, although, you know, that alone makes the, the movies superior um, if you're just looking at a strict comparison. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, these movies were just directed better altogether. And they actually resemble real fights with people that really want to harm each other. You don't really get that. And the original trilogy, even when Darth Vader's sitting there hacking off Luke's hand, or even when he sits there and picks up the Emperor and throws him down unexpectedly down the shaft uh, to kill him, or does he? <laughs> you know, as as powerful as those scenes may have been in the original trilogy, you never really get much emotion. Now, granted, Darth Vader's hiding behind a mask the entire time, but you know, Kylo Ren was hiding behind a mask half the time anyway. And I still felt that he had more emotion coming out of him. But you know, the original trilogy seldom had such scenes. Uh, you know, and frankly, that's just why the, the new trilogy by Disney is far superior to the original trilogy. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. But anyway... In conclusion, no matter how you feel about Disney's Star Wars trilogy, I hope we can all agree on one thing. The Star Wars prequels were pretty terrible. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I believe I'm right. So anyway, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Visit the website, subscribe, like, hate. Uh, let me know what you're thinking uh, reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. And I would bet bottom dollar that I'm probably going to am here from some of you. So, uh, you know, search your feelings and let me know what you think. Uh, because, hey, I've searched my feelings and I know what I think <laughs> about Star Wars. So, uh, anyway, this has been episode 41 on why I think that the uh, Disney Star Wars trilogy is better than George Lucas's original trilogy. 
And I say that with total conviction, especially for St. Theosaurus Rex, who kind of inspired this uh, podcast. If you don't know St. Theosaurus Rex, uh, he's, a, he's a fellow podcaster out there. He goes by that. I, I know his real name. Uh, but he kind of inspired this podcast today, so I thought I'd give him props for that. Um, maybe I'll, I'll link to his podcast show notes uh, in, in the show. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to have him on sometime soon. But then again, maybe after today's show, he's going to be like, nope, I cannot go on jimmystable.com podcast after hearing such blasphemous statements as I have made regarding the original sacredness of George Lucas's Star Wars trilogy, which, you know, was a good trilogy at the end of the day. But uh, Disney just did it better. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Air smudge.